0: So believe it or not, we're already on episode five of Designed Company podcast and we're now featured on iTunes, which is quite a little uh, achievement uh, because obviously Apple has to approve things through and we've been approved and all our infrastructure is working for publishing and uh, streamlining all of this. So whoever is listening to us on iTunes uh, welcome welcome and please uh, recommend it to as many people as you possibly can because uh, we certainly believe and increasingly know more so that uh, this is the information and advice that's most uh, necessary in these uh, very tricky days right so Mohammed, how are you doing today
1: uh, very well actually, I'm pretty excited about today's topic, um, love the title w- which you came up with, particularly because one of my frustrations these past couple of years has been that I feel that we're focusing too much on the wrong stuff or fake stuff or unimportant stuff, um, and so really you know, preparing your company for post correction world, I love this idea because this time of crisis is really going to reveal everything that is just an illusion and everything that is a truth. Or a question that needs to be asked. So I'm pretty happy things are going well, Design Company Software, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation.
0: Fantastic. So, just to give a little bit of backdrop, I think a lot of business people will be uh, scrambling around um, at, at all sizes of companies and scrambling around in different ways to work out what the basically the what seemingly seems to be the biggest uh, economic downturn in the history of history, in the tracked history of mm-hmm. economy. Um, different companies are having to adjust uh, completely. Uh, I've heard, for example, a friend of mine had a, a, still has a friend uh, who had two Michelin star restaurants in the middle of London in Mayfair uh, that she was going to for Indian food all the time. And the guy basically decided to completely just shut them down. He fired everyone, shut the shop. That's it because he can't basically continue to pay the rent, can't continue to pay the staff and all ongoing insurance things and so on. He basically just completely shut down. So that's a one example of preparedness, so to speak. There is an element of preparedness there of just completely shutting down. Then some companies are going to have to go on some sort of drip feed mechanism uh, Some companies might be able to kind of scale down and provide uh, basic servicing uh, and maybe some readjusted to align with the current situation. And then some companies are going to be able to to thrive. I mean, personally, I describe this as survive, cope and thrive these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, and, and then. Government is pushing in and pumping in all sorts of money through different channels uh, and, and companies are now starting to work out or trying to work out what does that mean? Because the government has made in UK, for example, announcements that they will be given effectively what sound like grants and um, unsecured loans at, at worst. companies but then companies start reading things from the banks and the banks are saying you still have to secure this with your personal property or assets and so on so there is still an element of lying spin and misleading and so on whether it's intentional or unintentional but it's a real world impact and so how do companies prepare for that is a is a question Across the spectrum of design company model which touches on purpose people systems innovation products money and growth What's the first thing that comes to your mind in in this respect?
1: Well, I mean I've mentioned this previously But what's really interesting in these times if we talk about purpose the first area design company is just the general opportunity for introspection so I mean you and I you know we talk with business people every day in various fields You know people are often very busy going around doing their things jumping from one meeting to the next and So I think it's actually very healthy that there is this time when people are working from home They have a bit more time they might still have some work to do, but they have more time to themselves to actually sit down and think okay What are we doing? Why am I doing this? Where are we going? So um, This is a huge opportunity for introspection simply put and I think You know, in terms of the businesses, you know, up until now, especially for me who works in the tech and startup area, you know, I've seen so many companies that I just wonder why on earth do they even exist? You know, Uh, I've seen so many, so much money being pumped into companies. I'm not sure what their purpose is. And so I think in these times of crisis, it's actually going to be very healthy, whereas we're going to really start seeing companies emerging that have a fundamental purpose. Because ultimately, you know, when everything is going good, I mean, there's a saying I really like, which is, Um, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and in the cycle it's complete because weak men create hard times, right? So whether it's men or women. um, But really this idea that because we're going to have these hard times, those who are actually strong, you know, in the sense of fundamental strength, working on something real, having a real impact are going to emerge. And so I just feel this is going to be a great time to filter the wheat from the chaff, and that those who have a fundamental impact on others, for others, will emerge, despite the crisis we're going through. Exactly. And this is the reason
0: why purpose is at the heart of designed company model. It Often people will, um, typically, pre, pre-crisis time, they will probably have thought purpose is kind of a fluffy, esoteric, philosophical kind of, not really that important sort of aspect of mm. it all. Uh, but now actually people are really questioning what's the purpose of me having this or what's the purpose of me doing this? Like a lot of people who've uh, been made unemployed and so on, they're, they're realizing that their their sort of lifestyle of constantly traveling into the office and constantly having endless meetings and, and things like that, hasn't really got that much purpose. And books have been written in the past um, from, from um, was it from the base camp guys who, who wrote the book Rework, okay, where they basically only have, and they suggested this, it was 10 years ago, they suggested only have meetings in absolutely necessary uh, moments and times and have mm. them with, an agenda with a clear purpose okay that, that's what they were saying in amongst other things in terms of how they work now that looked a bit like fancy sexy too advanced too simplistic too almost hippie but now if you were to take that book and and kind of brush through it again you'd realize that's a sort of manual for surviving the kind of virus apocalypse that we're seeing now where every, everyone's quarantined. Um, and in 2002, uh, my master's degree was about managing virtual teams in completely virtual environments. Now, this is an important thing because I, there, were, there were people who wrote books about working in virtual teams. But those virtual teams were largely mostly meeting each other. okay, And then they would go off to sort of drop back into virtual meetups uh, now and then. But my theory, my thesis was about managing virtual teams in completely virtual environments where you're, maybe you never meet the person you work with, right? And if you think about you and I, when was the last time you and I met face to face? It was a while good. back. Three years at least. Yeah, yeah but, but we're working together all the time, right? Yeah, We're collaborating nonstop. We're more collaborative than, than majority of the office workers, okay? Uh, and just goes to show that like this uh situation this disaster is not affecting us in those qu- what are like, quite major changes for you know companies like let 's say IBM with four hundred and fifty thousand staff worldwide. how are they going to make this change right yeah, that, so
1: <laughs> i mean that that 's a huge one I mean actually I think you've raised a whole topic then. I think we should come back to that in systems because Obviously, you know, sis, we mentioned this previously that right now we're in a situation where a lot of people worship systems over people, whereas it should be the people creating the systems. Um, and as such, there's one area I want to dive in before we even go into all these systems and how they're gonna be thrown into question. Uh, when we're talking about people, I think it's the strength of leadership because what we often see in a company when any project goes wrong or there's any difficulty, um, people tend to overmanage the situation. So they fall into micromanagement, they want the details, they want to control every single aspect. Um, And actually, that's the wrong way to go. I mean, there's that quote I really love, it sounds philosophical, but you know, if you want to uh, build a boat, don't tell your people how to do it, give them the desire of the open seas, you know? And I think that's the strongest thing here in the crisis, it's giving people good leadership and telling them, okay, you know, we're gonna make it through, here's our values, here are our directives, here are the key priorities, and then Aligning with them and giving them the support services, whatever they need to get things done. And so, you know, especially right now in an environment where we're not all together in offices, we're going to have to rely on self-management more than ever. Um, I'd love to hear what you and, might And to. so,
0: I mean, let's, let's, let's be uh, extremely direct here. The design company software, right? We, we've been working on this for a while now and it's, it, we use it ourselves. The the drive now is a lot more towards, well, basically, the company's gonna have to save money wherever they can, right? And that idea of micromanagement is an extremely sort of like visceral human uh sort of reaction. Okay. Mm. So so what we're doing with the design company software is we're saying, Hey, uh you, you want to do this, we understand that, but You never had time to do this fully, and now you have zero time to do that. But our software still provides you with the ability to micro-check in with every single employee of your company, no matter how big or small it is, on a daily basis. It literally takes them a few seconds to check in on purpose, people, systems, innovation, products, money, and growth, and you can get a wrapped up version of what's really going on so the sentiment changes you can literally track day by day which is exactly what this situation is calling for and you don't have to be imposing your control onto employees but you can also just reach them out in the channels that everyone's now using for um, uh, resistance you know well, to the situation WhatsApp, Telegram, Facebook, chat, Slack, yeah? So Telegram and Slack being the primary ones that seem to be the most uh, uh, reliable uh, in that sense, and that's why we've got them going. So you can micro-check in on your employees. It's all automated. It costs a fraction of whatever you would have paid elsewhere to do this, and it enables you to actually do things much better with less cost and with real, real data, because exactly this is another thing that we've been seeing, that we weren't able to gather data for the virus, who's got it, who's checked uh, positive, who's checked negative. This kind of solution gets you continuous data if people are using it, which they do in our, in our stats. Uh, shows that 80% of people keep using it and reusing it because it's a nice little therapeutic tool as well for people to answer questions. It just works. This yeah. is the resistant system that is uh, that works in the zombie ac- apocalypse,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would add to that. Actually, what's pretty cool there is that you know when you're together all in office, you have these informal water cooler conversations, or you're talking about stuff at lunch, you know, whatever. So what's really cool her design companies that were now providing documented, tangible view of what the collective consciousness of the company is. So instead of people just being stuck at home wondering what's going on. Everybody can see what everybody thinks is going on and start having much more productive conversations Um, And that's actually the next thing I want to go into in the systems because at the end of the day It's all about people right once you got your people people are building the company They're taking care of your customers. They're building your product, but they are also designing the systems and so what we want to be doing here as well is providing people with a Direct insight into what people perceive about the company so that they can then put that into question You know people are now at home Uh, work from home policies are being deployed or maybe they weren't before. Um, That's just one example. But after this crisis, people aren't going to go back to the office and blindly accept to have to go there five days out of five um, when they've been doing without for the past six weeks. It's just not going to happen. Um, And so in that respect, really, it's just a perfect time for introspection across all the company systems, whatever they may be.
0: Exactly. And I mean, I've... uh... Created these kind of statements in the past that that we used to have, and you know, it's still the case in a lot of people's mentality. We we had this situation where majority of the employees in companies were co-located, sitting side by side, but disconnected <clears> because most people wouldn't chat to each other. It would be literally like I'm just looking at my screen, and I don't really want to know what's going on in your mind, heart space soul space Mm. wherever mind space right and um so that's what what's what i call co-located disconnectedness okay and now we're shifting to a situation where because everyone's now been uh non-co-located so everyone's sitting in their rooms uh but now they are having to connect, so we have non-collocated connectedness. Okay, and it seems like people always go for the opposite of whatever's happening. So if the trend is down, they drive up. If the trend is up, they kind of it drives them down. This is why perhaps we would have uh, explained some sort of reason why so many people were feeling depressed in the up times. But now there's less and less talk about depression because it's about survival, and when you're surviving, there's less time, less time to think about how you're feeling so much, right? It's a sort of physical uh, survival, and so, but physical survival is now enabled through digital means, right? Because even if the government needs to drop you some supplies, you need to be able to tell somebody through some sort of digital means that you need supplies. And, you know, this is what we're saying we should, we should be doing all the time, but not spending hours and hours and doing these check ins, but spending 10, 15, 20 seconds per day to check in on one question across seven areas of the company so that everyone in the company can understand what they should and ought to be able to supply you with, not based on assumptions, not based on um, uh, beliefs, but based on direct data, direct insights, live feeds, uh, simple digestible um, facts okay
1: yeah, um so I think that role of collective intelligence is actually really important i mean i've been reading about uh, since we 're talking about systems, you know various business continuity practices because obviously the current times are disruptive, and actually it was quite funny because. Uh, so I'll read you some of the recommendations, some of the main recommendations I saw. So enable employees to continue to function without endangering them. Make sure they can work from home effectively. Uh, give them tools, technology and security. Uh, review HR policies to ensure people are not negatively impacted in case of special events. Um, make sure that staff members have received appropriate training to comprehensively cover the absence of key personnel. And you know, Jack, Jack, key let
0: me just let me just pause you there. You see, the issue is, yeah, that's all beautiful, right? I've got, I've got something here. I agreed this with my son when he was six or seven. These are the rules of the house, okay? Yeah. So there's like no punching or hitting, no shouting, no saying "I'm not your friend," okay? No swearing, etc. Okay, we agreed with these rules, and guess what happens over time? He doesn't follow them, okay? So the the issue with rules like that when they say ensure well how do you ensure when there is hundred thousand employees in your company i've been through this process at vt at government at big corporations and so on it's great bringing in the rules but uh, ensuring that they're put into place is virtually impossible why because there isn't a software like designed company that's constantly checking in through a chat bot that does it for virtually free and that is simple and digestible to do because people still have about 30 seconds worth of attention span before it goes to the next thing. And we can perfectly capture that and make sure that these uh, best practice guidelines are uh, implemented across the company for real. And if they're not, then make sure and understand what is it that people are wanting so that the actual rules can be adapted to what people really need and want as opposed to what somebody management or the government thinks is the best thing.
1: I mean, that's one other thing I was going to say. So even I was reading those rules, it's not so much to give recommendations what to do in crisis. Um, what the role of that is to say, this is stuff that should actually be part of business as usual anyway. So a business that has the right practices, that is listening to employees, that is reactive, that's really using that group intelligence to have the best systems, it just continues business as usual during a crisis. The crisis just introduces new variables within which you should adjust existing systems, you know? Exactly. I think think it's just revealing who has systems that work and who has systems that are obviously inherited from 10 years ago that have never changed and don't even have a process for changing.
0: Let, let's do a quick little thought experiment here. Sure. Uh, you, you just used a phrase there, which is, which is very interesting. Business as usual, okay? Business as usual, B-A-U, right? There's even things that you know, companies will hire you and say, hey, this is B-A-U project, right? So are you happy to work on a B-A-U project as opposed to innovation project? Hmm. And what, what I'm going to chuck in into this conversation, just to see how you react to this, is that we, we used to joke about this when when I was studying UML, right, which stands for Unified Modeling Language. Mm-hmm. When we realized, oh, there's this implementation of Unified Modeling Language, there's this one, there's this one, there's this one. So we started calling it Ununified Modeling Language, <laughs> you know, because uh, we realized everyone kind of does it slightly differently. So, what about if we call the business as usual? business as unusual okay because this is a very unusual circumstance and it looks like we're entering a very unusual world right so the change becomes a thing that isn't done every three four five years change is something that may happen (laughs) whether you like it or not tomorrow the day after tomorrow and again and again so this radical adaptivity by the entire organism of the company is the usual unusualness, okay?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's perfect what you said because I was just going to rebound on that in a different way, but same idea. You mentioned, you know, people that hire you for either an innovation project or business as usual project. We're now in a world in 2020 where things are going so fast with technology, people, data, etc. that you can't just say, oh, this is how we work and let's keep it as usual for the next two years. Uh, business as usual is not separate from innovation. Innovation should be part of its business as usual. And it's not just our big mega strategic direction, it's in the little things. You know, How are we relating to our customers? How are we performing our sales? How are we supporting the employees? Like This perpetual self-questioning process and iterative improvement, that's what business as usual should be. And so even when you face such a huge crisis as we are now, Well, it's just going to push your innovation a bit more to the limit, but you should already be used to putting yourself into question, taking into account changing external forces and integrating that into whatever you're doing internally.
0: I'll give you an example here. Um, One of the companies that we run is called UX Coach. Mm. It's been all about preparedness for virtual coaching, teaching, conferencing, etc. And... I've been saying to people, this is the future. This was the future 10 years ago, right? Meanwhile, companies like General Assembly got funded with $170 million or maybe more, actually, if you look that up, like General Assembly probably received some like $350 million in three series. Uh And all of their teaching was classroom-based. And... I'm guessing that now general assembly because they were exposed to so much investor capital are just basically going to fold up or they 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 might not fold up but they're just going to have to change to a business model that's never ever going to repay back that 350 million so either way it is basically running a business that will never become profitable based on how much it's raised so meanwhile UX coach is going to thrive no matter what the circumstances, as long as the internet is up, which seems like it will hold up just about, we could continue. And that is the preparedness for the business as unusual. That's just one example. Along the lines of that, design company is preparedness for business as unusual, continuous innovation, because as we were saying at Roley, revolution through evolution. Million micro steps are going to get you to this. Like, oh my God! Look how amazing these things are, right? Yeah, because we made millimeter changes every hour for for a year. Okay, Kaizen at its most radical, uh, the art of continuous improvement from Japanese people. And so, you know, this is this is where we're at now, and uh, it's it's exciting in that sense that unless people wake up to this companies are just not going to be able to adapt um rapidly enough and radically enough to the new unusual world that we're living in
1: so uh, actually you know that ties in nicely with the next team which is products and here i'm speaking from the experience i've had for the past couple of days you know everybody's saying we're in a recession we're in a crisis nobody's buying anymore um i've had a number of people that have reached out to us for design company software and you know And I've been calling with them, and about, I would say, eight out of ten of the conversations I've been having with people, those companies want to continue talking to us, implement design company software internally, because we're fulfilling a real need. But also during that conversation, I'm not selling, I'm figuring out, you know, how is their workplace being affected? What's going on? I'm delivering value. And so what's really good right now, what we're seeing is, from a sales perspective, because, you know, sales is not like the old days, just call someone up, hard sell them, get them to agree through psychological tricks. Um, it's really about delivering value, as, which is part of your product and customer experience, as we've said. And so in that respect, I think now is not a time to say, oh, I shouldn't be selling. Now is a time to say, how am I delivering value even before the person is using my products or services? How am I having a productive conversation?
0: Correct, and this is where, in in a sense, uh, the idea of applied philosophy, which is one of the ways to define design, you know, there there is a philosophy that works, and um, everyone can get value out of it even without implementing the software. But like, imagine when this is so valuable, when even we just chat about the model, imagine how valuable it is when you actually implement design company software in your company. And it literally takes a few clicks, a few clicks. Let's just give it it a benefit of doubt. Few clicks, really it's one click, but few clicks and you're onboarded, and it just goes viral like the coronavirus in the best way possible. You want these kind of things to go viral. And this is what we've been looking at, how to disseminate best practice models into companies with least amount of friction which is what good UX design is about and what actual people uh, preparedness is for so like one of the things that's been happening in this upheaval is that now because all the companies and I studied this in 2002 again it, so so I know exactly the issues that are going to rise up and that's why we designed this in a proper way into design company software what happens is that companies are like oh we're just going to move everything virtual Okay, so what happens now is that your typical employee who's homeschooling two children who is having to Change their personal systems, maybe apply for some loans, stop their mortgage, apply for banking loan, redirect their direct debits, reorganize the way they work at home, all this kind of stuff now is suddenly getting a swamp of new emails, marketing materials from different companies you 're like yeah we 've moved virtual and so on, and they 're having to spend twenty four seven online to consume your long meetings, your check in processes that are arcane your um, uh, sort of various systemic uh, issues that are now just being amplified online, and your tools cannot handle that load. Okay, and on top of that, you are not gathering data that you're really looking for in a structured way that's actionable. Meanwhile, design company software has been organized to put minimal extra pressure on people's minds, which now they're under extra, extra, extra pressure. Lots of people are going to go depressed from being under so much pressure from different angles. Then minimal pressure, maximum uh, value uh, on in 30 seconds in, in, um, interaction, perfect feed on the dashboards for management or whoever's leading the company, real-time, consistent, constant, kaizen, holistic, and it just works and in the in the area where people already are telegram slack etc so this is how things ought to be done so the the perfect enterprise systems require people to spend as little time on them as possible
1: and, and get as much
0: productivity out of it as possible
1: that is literally what i always say uh, when i'm speaking with the uh, customers it's i actually don't want you to spend your week in this software it's not a badge of honor for you to know how to use 12 parameters of configuration. You know, it's all about getting value. That's this, what it
0: is. And this is the thing. What's happened? So I know this firsthand from UX design world that there has been two <laughs> types of UX design going on out there, and this is now hurting us as civilization. The majority UX designers have been working in a B2C environment, designing apps that are designed to keep you hooked because mm. the advertising-based model is all about the more time you spend on the app, the more adverts we can charge for, okay? Yeah. Perfect, okay, that's great. But actually, in the enterprise world, it's completely the opposite. People are paying a small sum in, in design companies' uh, uh, situation. That's a very small sum per seat, To feed in as much valuable information, get as much valuable information as as possible with as least amount of interaction as possible. This is the enterprise model. Most UX designers have not been taught for this. Meanwhile, I worked at so many different enterprise apps for banks, for governments, for uh, webinar platforms, and so on. So for me, it's always been about optimise, 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 optimise. Get the customer in by all means. Get the user in. Get them to produce the most productive piece of data or output they possibly can. And get them out of the tool, right? Uh, That's it. And get them back in when it's necessary, again, in a smooth way and get them out. This is effectively how Google works, okay? Nobody ever complains about Google because you just go there, you type in what you want, and you're out. That's it. That's
1: a perfect I mean, enterprise tool. I always say that's the goal. You know? It's really to enable people to have more productive offline conversations. I mean, if, even if that's happening through Zoom Slack, but we don't want the tool to replace conversation. We just want the tool to provide key shared intelligence about what's going on so people have those meetings that are actually useful and they're not sitting there for an hour like, okay, so I'm not going to say anything. and I'm going to hear to the same guy say the same thing for an hour. Uh, that can't work anymore not so there,
0: i mean there is a whole thing i mean we can discuss this in a separate uh, area but uh, uh, there's a whole kind of digital etiquette right that that applies to digital worlds because p- the way people read online is much slower they tend to skim through and they they get so much information that that's very hard to disseminate through in terms of what's important mm-hmm. and what not and so typically now you experience Uh, you know, if you're homeschooling children, you've got two children in schools, you're getting two lots of school feeds about what the children need to do. Now, these teachers are used to writing these essay emails, right, which take like half an hour to read, because they also use the sophisticated language, okay. So, you're sitting there as a parent, it's like, oh my god, I got to do some work, but before I do some work, I got to make sure that my children are homeschooled properly. So, now I have to read this email and twice over, and they're all worded differently all the time, and there is some sort of link to another tool that you have to open, sign up to, do this, do that, before you even know. You spend two hours setting your homework for children, and then you have it to work. And so this working from home thing now in the quarantine is going to be actually, well, you're you're going to expect your staff to then jump on webinars that last maybe an hour to to tell you two things that are of importance, which you could short down into super simple stories and say, we need to gather more data. We need to uh, spend less time online. (laughs) Okay.
1: I mean, there's actually a number of of really, really good startups here in France that have a very simple policy, which is uh, why, why have a phone call when we can literally handle that as a question over an email? You know, and they're very radical about that. I think that's a really good way to approach it. Keep things brief, concise. No need to blabber on about relevant stuff. Um, I mean, so, so, so,
0: yeah. Th- th- there's an important thing there to say, which is that email is an unstructured tool. Email was never designed as a tool, even really for communication in teams. Okay, it's not really a team communication tool. And, but 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 the issue is that, like most people, because email is just so easy, it's there. Oh, I can write and so on and so forth. Uh, people just reach out to it as a go-to tool meanwhile the structured tools that enable uh, that enable structured collaboration are the tools that we're still lacking as humanity and getting the right balance between the structure and freedom okay is where where it's where it's at and this is another skill for enterprise UX designers to develop to understand, hey, how much of this is a prescribed versus described aspect, right? They don't even know this, so the tools that have been developed and designed, name any tool, okay, is mostly a failure in that respect and because it's been designed by people who don't know what they're doing. Meanwhile, design company is designed by a person who studied a master's degree in this stuff, literally a master in the subject matter. So that's why it works, and that's why it's got 80% uh, reuse rate, which is unheard of in the industry because it's designed for exactly how the human psychology is in these situations, not what a a 10-bullet-point LinkedIn uh, freebie leaflet tells you it is because none of these people have researched it to such an extent for 15 years.
1: Certainly. I mean, so, so talking about, you know, that side of thing, I think it's interesting to dive into money because this is going to be a really interesting part of uh, what we're going through. There's, there's a quote from Warren Buffet, which I love, which actually dates back from the year 2000, which was, don't be the Cinderella at the ball. Uh, so we, we obviously all know the, the story of Cinderella, you know, she's at the ball, then it turns to midnight and then she turns back into her impoverished condition, you know, all the fakery goes away. And so I think that's what we're living through now. You know, there's been so much of this fake money pumped into companies that have no reason existing, unsustainable business models. And so obviously we're going we're to see an investment contraction in this period. And so I think just what's going to be interesting is people coming back to basics, which is have real, deliver real value, get paid for the real value you deliver, and then take care of your employees in an in a ongoing cycle um what, what are your thoughts around that theme in the in the current times we're living in
0: yeah i mean it basically it goes back to the idea of what is real and yeah. and what is real is is any activity that is adding value to evolving human lives okay not devolving but evolving okay <sighs> and um and, and you realize that, that activities that dev- devolve human lives are spending endless times reading emails, spending end- more time on calls and things like that than necessary, uh, beating around the bush with your communication as opposed to getting straight down to the point, uh, not working on productive things, not knowing what really matters based on uh, uh, intelligence of the, of the collective, Okay, which is what Ray Dalio and his principles has been talking about, and they put some software around there more just around decision making, whereas what we're doing is we're we're both enabling better decision making but also redesigning and evolving and changing companies and adapting companies in real time all the time uh, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm a big kind of uh, listener of Ray Dalio and so on um, and um, uh, basically. Uh, you'll start realizing that a lot of the maybe 80% plus activities that the companies were partaking in up until now will be seen as complete time waste. Meanwhile, they won't know what is the things that they should be doing to resist, persist, and exist and transcend and evolve okay and the design company software would give them ideas on what to cut and what to introduce in real time across any size of company at the really really affordable rates and consistently so this should be a no-brainer for anyone who's listening to this and the time was a long time ago it was 20 years ago literally when I was doing my master's degree, but now is like literally do or die. So the time to reach out to us for design company software is now. It was 20 years ago, but next best time is now. So <laughs> there you go.
1: Certainly, and I mean, you know, especially all those mid-sized companies, you know, between 50 or 200 employees who might not have the capital buffers of a big-ass corporation, and you know, might not have the small size of a company that to 10 employees that can easily adjust. Uh, really, people in the middle that are going to get hit the most will especially benefit from what we're doing right now. So, you know, as Jason said, re- reach out to us. We'll plug a link in there. Um, and talking about it then, so the final theme of growth, because I think that's the important thing here. We've talked about purposeful growth in previous episodes. Um, I think the question here is to ask is what is what is real growth, you know, because especially if you look at GDP, for example, GDP is going to be going in a recession. But... What is GDP? How do we measure economic growth? Why are we even seeking growth at all costs? I mean, if you look at all of, the, all of the transactions that's going to be generated in hospitals, um, people are saving lives, they're doing that. But if you look at it in a more meta sense, we're really just going back to normal. People were sick and then they became unsick. So humanity as a collective wouldn't really have progressed in that sense. Um, what are uh, your thoughts?
0: Well, here's a, here's a real world scenario. My son is texting me. So he's using text messenger saying, wrap up now because I've got a piano lesson <laughs> in 10 minutes, right? So growth is being able to spend every single of your time in real growth activities, supporting your family, supporting the learning and development across different areas of human capacity, including musical playing an instrument like a lot of people are going to take up an instrument now where they always said they don't have time but growth has got to be a lot more inclusive and cut out all the unnecessary time wasting things which in the classical management sense were considered as essentials have you turned up to the office how much time have you spent in the office how many meetings have you missed or been to and so on. none of that really matters none of that ever really mattered what matters is your output and your, and, and your creativity in the time of uncertainty. That's the real growth. And now I have to go and leave my room to enable my son to have Sounds a piano good. lesson in it. So final,
1: f- final idea then, I would say, if we had to recap the idea here in these times, talking about business continuity, just ask yourself the right questions and the answers will come from that.
0: Exactly. And design company software does that automatically at fraction of a cost if you were doing that with any other software on the planet. Thank you so much. Take care. All, right. All the best. Bye.